You're listening to Halford and Bruff. And the game comes to an end as the Minnesota Wild hold on for a 2-1 win. This is one of the low points. Like, when we think about low points of a franchise. Will you calm down? I was having a good time, having fun. Gary Bettman is my friend. Sir, it hurts. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. Good morning, Vancouver. 6.01 on a Friday, but not just any Friday. Happy trade deadline day, everybody. You're listening to the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Jason, good morning to you. Good morning. Andy, happy trade deadline day to you. Happy trade deadline day to you as well, sir. Yes, and Laddie, good morning to you. And happy trade deadline day. Hello, hello. Uh, Halford and Bruff of the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. He's walking into trade deadline day with no foot pain whatsoever. It's Jason Bruff, everybody. We're coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics providers, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. Uh, he needs those orthotics because we're doing a lot of heavy lifting today. Carrying the station on our back for four hours. Four hours. It's like half a normal person's work day. Yeah, I mean, that's way too much for us. I don't even really. know what to do. We're here till 10 o'clock this morning on trade deadline day. We are both extremely, extremely hopeful that there will be a lot of trades today and that the NHL did not use them all up over the previous four or five days. Every time a trade happens today, it's going to come to you by Jags Furniture and Mattress, the Lower Mainland's favorite furniture and mattress destination. Visit Jags showrooms in Langley and Abbotsford or online at jagsfurniture.ca. Who's still out there in terms of the trade deadline? Me, you, A-Dog, Laddie, all available. I would go in a heartbeat. Like Kevin Hayes? Kevin is, Hayes. Is, is that, like, who, are we, who are we focusing on now? JVR. Because I'm, I'm, I'm actually just looking at... Uh, are there any other acronym players out there? Frank Saravelli's um, latest trade targets list. Mm-hmm. And it starts out with Chikrin, gone. Yep. Gavrikov. Gone. He's gone. Hayes is there. Uh, Ekholm, <clears throat> gone. And then you've got, yeah, JVR. Like, Michael Granlin is number six, and he's gone. No, no. No, no, no. Has he's Adam gone. Henrique been traded yet? Is Not this, yet. Is, so is this the Adam Henrique watch today? I am very excited for the Adam so, Henrique so, watch. So the two names that I read that are, the, uh, mind you, at the top of the list here, uh, Kevin Hayes and uh, Adam Henrique. So we'll, we'll, just get, we'll just keep watching on those guys. I'm holding out hope. Because not consistently, but over the last couple of deadlines sprinkled in there, there's always that really way out of left field trade that you just never see coming that gets yeah. done. Also, there's that one. So how the trade deadline works, it's it's 1 o'clock Pacific, 4 o'clock Eastern is the deadline, if I'm not mistaken. I should know these things off by heart, but I don't. There's always the backlog at NHL Central Registry, where I, I always envision it's one poor secretary named Doris sitting there chain smoking. She's like, I got one from the Predators. And then it's just, it's in this queue. Using like a 1980s printer <laughs> to fax them through. Yeah. It's Come noon, on, it's, Bessie. It's noon our time. Noon our time, three, uh, 3 Eastern. Okay. So usually it stretches until about 1 o'clock. 
So we've got an entire day of coverage here on Sportsnet 650. I believe all the shows are going to go that extra hour today to give you the coverage you need, nay deserve. Anyway, that's just one of the things that's happening today. Um, It's also Ask Us Anything Friday. Now I'll say this off the hop. I got a feeling that we might not do as many Ask Us Anything Fridays or go as far afield with our queries. You know, sometimes we go way outside the sporting realm. For today and today only. I will listen to you mouth breathers out there who are like, where are the sports? I understand. Today's the day you want to turn on the radio, yeah. your old transistor radio, and when 650 comes on, you want to hear the sports. So we will we'll, we'll oblige for today. So there's that. Elliot Friedman's going to join us at 6.30, so that's just about uh, less than half an hour away. So we'll kind of set the table for the day with Elliot Friedman. We'll ask him what he's hearing about the Canucks. The Canucks, I imagine... I know they're trying to build a team, but first of all, they got to tear down parts of the team. So I imagine a lot of the Canucks focus is going to be on trying to move out some salary because they're already committed (laughs) in a big, big way to not only this season, next season as well. So we'll talk to Freege about what he's hearing out of the Canucks, um, if anything. Um, Andrew Ference is going to join us at 7 o'clock. Uh, a former captain of the Edmonton Oilers. That's obviously what he's best known for. That's what you lead with. Um, what is the project that Andrew Ference is working on right now? Oh, you mean you NHL Street? Yes. Yeah, so the NHL is developed with the company that brought you the NFL's youth flag football program, NFL Flag, which is mm-hmm. around the 48 states or whatever. Uh, they've, they've partnered with this company to create a similar grassroots, ground-level type thing where it's just street hockey. Oh, okay, cool. So the idea is to go into a lot of communities where there's not an NHL team, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of hockey, hockey resources, and just go play road hockey, go play street hockey. So, so that, Andrew Ference at 7 o'clock. So we'll talk to Andrew Ference about that and um, everything else in the NHL. Uh, Chris Faber with some Canucks talk at 7.30. Don't forget the Canucks played a game last night. They lost 2-1 to the Minnesota Wild. So we can talk to Fabes about what he saw last night. Uh, a good game from Kraftsoff which is good to see. He didn't play that much, uh, and he's obviously going to have to do a lot more and do it on a consistent basis to realize the potential that he had as a draft pick, but the Canucks are taking a chance on this uh, kid, um, and it didn't really cost them very much, so it was good to see Kravtsov stick out last night in a good way. J.D. Bunkus from Fan590 in Toronto. Um, yeah, we're going to get some Leafs talk today. That's just uh, that's that, that's what's happening. Uh, the Leafs went into Calgary last night after a pretty dismal performance in Edmonton, and they beat the Flames. So yet another loss for the Calgary Flames. But uh, Luke Shen debuted for the Leafs. So we'll talk to J.D. Bunkus about the Luke Shen story, which really is pretty incredible that he started out with such high hopes in Toronto uh, didn't realize that potential, has since bounced around the NHL and the AHL, uh, has won a couple of Stanley Cups, and now he's returning to the Toronto Maple Leafs um, in anticipation of one of the most important playoff years in franchise history. So four guests for you today. Actually, Murph might join us at 9 o'clock too because Murph is Murph is a kind of a TBD right now, but he's at Rogers Arena waiting for any big Canuck story. So it's four hours of the Halford and Bruff show on Sportsnet 650. Let's get into right now what happened. Hey, did you guys see the game last night? No. Oh, what happened? I missed all the action because I was... We know how busy your life can be. What happened? You missed that? 
Canucks lose! Canucks lose! The Canucks lose to the Minnesota Wild on Thursday night. Kirill the Thrill Kaprizov. Rick Taco was very complimentary of number 97's game in his post-game remarks. Kaprizov scored twice. The Wild just keep racking up points. Points in eight straight games now, and yet another one-goal win for the uh, Minnesota Wild. 2-1 against the Vancouver Canucks at Rogers Arena on Thursday. It was a relatively easy night for Marc-Andre Fleury in between the pipes. 21 saves. Thatcher Demko. Another guy that's getting a lot of praise from Rick Tockett. Made 34 saves, so the Canucks look very good in net. Canucks have now lost 6 of 9. That's the boilerplate stuff, though, Jason. There were a few fairly decent takeaways from an otherwise kind of routine night, to be perfectly honest. It was, it was a routine loss it for the Canucks. Just write it up. There, was, there were a couple instances here and there that piqued your interest, but it was just, they kept it close. Mm-hmm. Demko was pretty good, but they... I mean, at this stage of the game, they just don't really have the talent to go toe-to-toe with a lot of these teams, including the Minnesota Wild. Um, Which is a heck of a thing to say because how many of their best players, like all their best players were playing? Like Pedersen was playing, Hughes was playing, JT Miller was back. Believe it or not, he was supposed to be week to week, but yeah, what a yeah, recovery! What a, what a recovery! There, Magic. Was, there was definitely nothing weird going on behind the scenes with that one. Uh, Thatcher Demko was playing and and, and played well. Um, Kuzmenko played like all their best players were playing. I guess not Heronic. Heronic wasn't playing. So. Heronic was not playing. Barely noticed him last night. Um, and it started out with um the Minnesota Wild really dominating the Canucks right off the bat and they scored the, the wild scored before the, the Canucks got a shot on net. And it was w- yet again, one of these defensive breakdowns where um, uh, Kaprizov, who's apparently a, a pretty good player uh, based on everyone knowing that mm-hmm. um, somehow managed to sneak right behind Noah Juleson behind the Vancouver net. And then one of those famous cross seam passes that the Canucks have been given up um, in bushels, this year finds Kaprizov for the easy tap in. And then the Canucks were supposedly chasing for much of the rest of the game, but they still, <laughs> they still ended up getting really badly outshot uh, on home ice. Um, Kaprizov scored another one to make it two one. The Canucks goal came on the power play. Brock Besser with a one timer. It was good to see Brock score just his what? 12th of the season uh, on a nice pass from uh, Kravtsov. Other than that, what were the stories? Kyle Bur- Burrow's gotten a good scrap. Mm-hmm. Kyle uh, Burrow's knocked out Brandon Duhame with a sharp right early yeah. in the third period. Actually, that was one of the most clean knockouts you're going to see in a hockey fight. Sent him to the quiet room. I know. It took him a little while. Cheech was calling for it on the broadcast right away. And then they actually had to buzz down to the officials while mm-hmm. Duhame was in the penalty box. and like, get that guy in the concussion protocol. But um, honestly, uh, one takeaway... It's, it's hard, right? Because you don't want to shoehorn stories into a game that, quite frankly, didn't have a ton of them. But I do think that the Demko story right now, we're going to get a good snapshot of a very fascinating uh, how it's going to play out narrative moving forward. Because here's what you've got. You've got the rest of the regular season to play. And there's quite a few games left. Uh, I'll set aside the team tank narrative because, one, I'm really tired of it. And I just don't want to do it right now. We can do it later. But Demko is obviously the antithesis, the anti-hero to yeah. Team Tank. Mm-hmm. He's too good. He sucks up too many rebounds. It's like he's got Velcro on his jersey. He just makes it a lot more difficult for the opposition. I don't think there's any coincidence, Jason, that since in the brief time that he's returned to the net, um, 
one, Rick Tockett has suddenly decided to start talking about how good his goaltending was after games, right? Like, I mean, in the Delia and Seelovs and Martin, and I'll call it era for lack of a better term, uh, he was never complimentary, but he never threw his goalies under the bus. He just kind of had that unspoken rule or unspoken understanding that yeah. we're not getting NHL-level goaltending here, folks. We all know this. We don't have to say it out We're loud. not getting NHL-level goaltending from these AHL goalies. Yeah, and, yeah, it was a perfect storm at times, especially when Boudreaux was in charge. But um, do we have the audio? There's a real quick snippet. I don't know how we clipped this yesterday. If we don't have it, it's fine because I can paraphrase it. But talk it. They was asked about what he knew about Demko. Uh, coming into Vancouver, and he actually said that he didn't realize how much of a leader that Demko was among the group. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's goalies and everything. They yeah, have to yeah. sit in the corner and be weird and yeah, everything just else. assumed he was a weirdo. Like, yeah. Like Woodley or Greg Ballack or whatever. His eyes are banging around the room. He's throwing a tennis ball off the wall incessantly. Yeah. Anyway, do we have <laughs> do we have audio? We have the audio. So this is Talkit discussing that the players actually came up to him and said, hey, when we have this leadership meeting, you need to get Demmer in the room because he's a big part of this. Let's hear from him. Rick Talkett now. I didn't know, to be honest with you, like, and I, I had a leadership meeting when I first got here, and I didn't know, but guys were saying, hey, you got to have Demmer in here. I didn't know he was that type of guy. He's a leader. He's a, he's a quiet guy, but he's a, he's a very focused, you know, young man. I can just tell that he wants to win badly, and he, he's going to do his part. I mean, the only reason I really bring this up is because it's trade deadline day, and we have kicked around and toyed around with the notion of the idea of Demko being available. And here's the thing. Preemptive strike for all of your negative texts. It's not just a Demko thing. As we've said countless times on this show, everything that's not Pedersen or Hughes, everything that's not nailed down, and Pedersen or Hughes are nailed down, the Canucks should and could and might be taking calls on or making calls about. That's just the nature of the business. Demko's a really good goalie. You know who needs a really good goalie? Several other NHL teams right now. Mm-hmm. There's several NHL teams that don't have good goaltending. But um, if I was to handicap this whole thing, and given the outlook about where the Canucks are at right now, what they're trying to implement, and what they want to do next season, I find it extremely unlikely that Demko will be moved, and I find it extremely likely that he's going to be Rick Tockett's goalie moving forward. Look, Tockett knows what he's got here. Mm-hmm. And he knows that... To have a structured team that's disciplined, you're probably going to play in a lot of one-goal games, not unlike what the Minnesota Wild have done over the last month. You're going to play in a lot of tight hockey games. And usually, or more often than not, a good goalie, or at least a better goalie than the one on the opposite end of the ice, can help you get wins. That would be my takeaway from it. I could be wrong, but that's the way that I feel about it. Uh, There has been a trade to St. Louis, uh, Jacob Verana. Uh, from the goes from Detroit. Uh, it looks like this is another salary cap clearing move by the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, although they're going to retain 50% of that, uh, I think the Red Wings are able to clear uh, almost three million in cap space there. Uh, this is not a, a big time trade. Uh, Dylan McLaughlin, I don't know who that is, 2000 and a 2025 seventh round draft pick go to the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, that's so this is yeah. this is this is a uh this I just I don't know if Stevie Wise got something up his sleeve for today or the off season, but uh he's definitely spent some time clearing some cap space in Detroit. Yeah, the, so Verona was a really interesting one because when they acquired him, I think they had fairly high hopes for him. Uh then he went into the NHL's player assistance program. 
and was away for the team for a while this year. When he came back, he was shipped almost immediately to Grand Rapids. There was some thought that he wasn't going to play ever again for the Wings. I think he got into one game. But uh, the major takeaway for me here is that this is, I mean, Eisman started selling a couple days ago. And he's continuing to be a seller. Despite the fact that the Wings, at, you know, remember when they came out of the All-Star break and we saw them come through here and Dylan Larkin blew past everyone en route to hammering the Vancouver Canucks? They look like a team that might be flirting with the playoffs. No longer the case. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of Dylan Larkin, did you see yesterday's introductory, well, not introductory, but the press conference announcing his big eight-year extension in Detroit? I didn't see it, but I heard he was quite emotional. Yeah, because they traded away his best friend, Tyler Bertuzzi. Oh, that's why. Yeah. He wasn't emotional about the money that no, he made? No, no. It was like... I'm so rich. That's what that I thought. Awesome. I can't believe I have so much money. Yeah. I have so much money, guys. I am Doing going to. Doing the wiping his tear meme with the, with the $100 bills. I'm not going to work hard anymore. That would have been funnier, but this was just said. Do we have the audio of this here? Okay. I, I hate playing. I don't want to dance on someone when they're, they're crying, but I was just, for for what was supposed to be a celebratory press conference, it's very difficult to have this right in the middle of it. Dylan Larkin talking about his best friend. Uh, the now Boston Bruin, Tyler Bertuzzi. It's, uh, you know, it, it it hurts, and he's one of my best friends, and uh, <sighs> sorry, it, it hurts. Hopefully he's not as attached to Jacob Verana because he is now on his way to St. Louis. Like, oh, my other best friend. Oh, God. Trade Can I rescind de- this contract? Trade, trade desk is brought to you by Jags Furniture and Mattress. They trade all of his best friends. The Lower Mainland's favorite furniture and mattress destination. Visit Jags Showroom in Langley and Abbotsford or online. The second he signed his name. We're doing yeah, these trades. They're so gone. sad about Tyler Bertuzzi. At least they didn't trade Jacob Verana. Oh, God. You can visit them online at jagsfurniture.ca. Could they not have waited to trade Bertuzzi until right after? Like, could they not have just announced it until right after the uh, the press conference? Yeah. I was like, Homer doing stand-up at Mr. Burns' birthday. <laughs> Poor dog. It just ruined everything. Anyway. Um, Elliot Freeman is going to join us in about 10 minutes, so I'm sure everyone will want to hear that hit with Frege. Um Frank Saravelli, Elliot Freeman's nemesis, I like to think. Yeah, they fight to the death. The rival rival insiders uh, reported something yesterday that I know made a uh, a lot of waves on social media, and it was the case of J.T. Miller. And um, Frank reported that at this point, or, or as of now, as Dollywell would put it. It seems like a real long shot that the Canucks will move forward J.T. Miller prior to the deadline. Okay, everyone's like, that's not a big deal. Miller's name has surfaced in trade talks, but the Canucks wanted to secure a young center as a replacement before considering moving him. They were also asking for two first-round picks in return for Miller or a first and a prospect. So this is what they were asking for J.T. Miller apparently, according to Frank Saravalli. Young center and two first-round picks. And if you don't have two first-round picks, a first and a prospect. What do you think the reaction from other teams was when they heard that ask? Because I imagine a lot of them were calling up the Canucks and thinking, hmm, 
Maybe you guys want to change your direction, have a bit of a course correction on what has happened this season. Uh, I know you guys are trying to clear cap space. Um, what if we were to take that JT Miller contract off your hands, but we're not going to give you much for it. I imagine that would have been the offers in, in this type of environment, in the environment we're in, in the NHL with a flat cap where money is so hard to move for the Canucks to ask for a young center and two first round picks in return for Miller. I just cannot imagine the responses they got. I bet it ended some conversations real quick. But that was a few dial tones, I think, probably. I don't think actually, I think it's rude, probably, with GMs to hang up on one another abruptly. They're probably just like, I bet they do. I don't, don't think so. You don't think it's not no. once or twice? No, well, there's also like, no dial tones anymore. So that's well, that's just go, go along well. with this. But it definitely, it, def- it definitely ended some conversations real quick because people don't have that draft capital to pay for premier assets. And I'm all due respect to GT Miller, I don't consider him a premier asset right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Even, he's a he's a he's still a premier player, but, but he's not a but premier, he's not asset. A premier asset. There, there's yeah. a difference. He's there's a massive difference. Yeah. Like you look at, I mean, premier assets right now would be guys. I mean, God, I almost want to say like Heronic and Chikrin, but you know, prime positions, prime age, prime contractual status. Miller's just not quite that, and to to think that the ask was that high, it might have just been to. Uh, deter anyone or shake anyone off from trying to, as we've put, uh, we've said out before, we got the impression that teams were calling the Canucks doing the vulture routine. Like, let's see what we can pick off the carcass here. These guys are 27th in the NHL. Well, one thing I wondered, for example, would Carolina be calling up the Canucks and offering Kokaniemi, who's a young center, um, certainly hasn't performed like a superstar in Carolina since coming over from Montreal on that offer sheet. Um, but would they say, okay, here's a young center. Here's a, here's a profile of, of a player that you guys might be interested in. He's only 22 or 23. Um, he is signed long-term, but you know, so you got a lot of these deals, you got to take back money to make deals work. And we'll take GT Miller because GT Miller is the better player right now. And we're in our window and you're going to have some cost savings on this. And you don't have the risk of the age um, of JT Miller and getting into his, you know, like thirties and then early thirties and, and, and how is his performance going to uh, affect his, or how is his age going to affect his performance? Mm-hmm. That was kind of a deal that I was like, ah, I'm sure I'm, I wonder if they'd, they'd consider that or, or I wonder if the, the hurricanes would offer that, that type of return for JT Miller and then maybe throw in a draft pick too. Yeah. Maybe even a first, right. And sure. that type of pick, but you got to take back, that type of player who is certainly not, you know, a lot of a lot of people in Carolina, I'm sure, would be okay with Kokaniemi moving on. If not, maybe if not, not necessarily adding JT Miller to the mix. But that type of move, where it's not like you get the world, and and getting the world for JT Miller would be getting draft picks, like first round picks, or like a really good prospect, or and a young center, mm-hmm. like and. And a young center, right? That, that It just seems like they want the world for JT Miller. Well, I think when this is all said and done, and I'm not talking about after noon Pacific today when the deadline actually passes, probably sometime this summer. You know what? It might not even be until JT Miller's playing days are long done and dusted. I will be fascinated to know exactly what happened over the last seven days. 
because it has been one of the most low-key weirdest sagas in recent memory as far as it comes to Canucks trades that maybe never came to fruition. The way that the injury manifested itself, the way the Miller just suddenly told the team he was good to play again, and they were like, okay, you're back. He missed a grand total of what? One game? Yeah. Uh, Guys, clearly there was something going on behind the scenes. But I don't know what. But 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 I remember when uh, we brought it up. Like this is weird. What's going on? And people are like he's just hurt. How you know how how dare you guys assume that they're that they're pulling like lying or pulling a fast one? I was like, there's something weird going on here. Mm-hmm. Clearly, something is weird. Weird is going on. We'll ask Elliot Friedman about it. Coming up next on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Everything Canucks before and after the games. Canucks Central with Dan Riccio and Satyar Shah. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Six thirty-one on a Friday. Halford Bruff Sportsnet 650. That music can only mean one thing. That's trade deadline music. Hundred percent. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Trade deadline, trade desk, all of it is brought to you by Jags Furniture and Mattress. The Lower Mainland's favorite furniture and mattress destination. Visit Jags showroom in Langley and Abbotsford or online at jagsfurniture.ca. Elliot Friedman's on the line. We're going to get to him in just one second. Before we do, two more bits of business I need to get to. I'll do it quickly. One, the 2023 RBC JCC Sports Dinner is coming up on March 28th. You can be a part of the dinner by entering the 50-50 draw and the Do It Cadillac raffle on now. Visit sportsdinnerraffle.com for tickets. This year's guest speaker brought to you by ZLC, Rob Gronkowski. Gronk. Yeah, it's true. For full event info, go to jccsportsdinner.com. Andy, finally... Tell the people about the tickets that we're giving away today. Yeah, a pair of Canucks tickets to Monday's game versus the Predators. Uh, best what we learned or ask us anything. Hashtag WWLAWAAUA, rather. And the ticket emoji. Now, let's go to the phone lines. Elliot Friedman, Sportsnet's very own, joins us here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Morning, Freed. How are you? I'm good, guys. How are you? Gronkowski, eh? That's pretty good. That's a good get. It's a, it's a cool dinner. They usually get pretty high-profile guests, mm-hmm. but... Gronk, yeah, I, I imagine they just get him up there and he just spikes stuff for about 30 to 45 minutes. But uh, let's focus on this trade deadline here. In Vancouver, uh, I know that everyone's saying the likelihood of JT Miller getting moved today is low, but I almost want to go back and look at this last week and try and figure what the heck just went on. I don't know if you saw it or not, but last night Miller magically recovered from his yeah. week-to-week injury to participate in a game against the Minnesota He's a Wild. warrior. He's a warrior. It's magical, really, how these things happen. Do you have any idea of what exactly has gone on or is going on or might go on you know i'll tell you i'll tell you so i got a call this morning i I was up at six which is late for you guys but i'm not i'm not a morning person and uh i got a call like at like 605 from someone and this is not i'm going to clarify right away that this is not a member of the canucks organization and i got picked up the phone and i said hello and the first thing I hear is, you guys are clowns. And I'm like, okay, uh, that's a good way to start the day. And uh, he says to me that, you know, we've got one, one, he says to me, we've got one guy reporting that Pittsburgh wants two firsts for Miller. We've got another guy reporting that, or Vancouver wants two firsts for Miller. 
We've got another guy reporting uh, Vancouver turned down a trade with Pittsburgh because there was only draft picks. It's just like, do you guys have any idea what you're doing? And by this time, I've just got the phone on speaker and I'm shaving. Like, I'm just letting the guy rant. And he just said to me that uh, he said that, uh, like, he just he just complained about all the stuff coming out, out of Vancouver saying or about Vancouver, just saying that everything you guys are reporting is wrong. Well, and I said to him, well, if one person reports one thing and the other person reports the other thing, then one of them has to be right. So somebody's right. And that only made this person even angrier. Like it was just a, a hilarious conversation at 6 o'clock a.m. Um, I think, look, I, I think, I think the Canucks have their hands in a lot of stuff. I, I do. Like, like I'm supposed to be this fantastic insider, and like I didn't see the Ronak one coming. Like nowhere did I see that one coming. And so I think the Canucks have their. Look, this this time of year is crazy. There's a lot of crazy stuff that that flies around. And the biggest challenge is knowing what's true and what isn't. Um, that, is, that is a huge challenge. And I think that at this time of year, there's so much flying around that it, it, sometimes it's hard to tell the fiction from the, fa- from the fact. But look, I think, that, I think the Canucks have a, a lot going on. Uh, I, I would be surprised if Miller was, was dealt, but I've been surprised before. As for what happened with him, I think that guy, I think he marches to the beat of his own drum. And if he decides he wants to play, he's going to play. Uh, the person that called you, who was not a member of the Canucks organization, um, was he in the no- – like, I'm, try- I'm, trying to, I'm trying to ask you a question uh, without you yeah, burning like, your I'm, sources. Yeah. Like, it, I, I'm it, just it, – it, yeah, it, it's somebody. It's somebody who has an idea of what's going on, and uh, you know he just he, he he like he just said like 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 people like uh, one of the things that people talk about like like especially in the social media uh, era like things go wild and that's the whole thing like social media is the mob right mm-hmm. and no, nobody controls the mob there are things I, I put out there I think boy this is going to be a huge story and it goes nowhere. And there are things I put out there and I'm like, this is going to be a nothing burger. And then suddenly it's got 11 billion views. So nobody knows which way this is going to go. But, you know, he, he just said to me, like on the Canucks stuff, he says, we're all over the map. And, and most of the time we have no clue what we're doing. And it was pretty funny. Like it was like after he, after he finished venting, we had a good conversation about it and we were kind of laughing a bit, but he just said to me that he thinks the, the information on the Canucks that comes out, he said, there's, if there's one team that he thinks there's more misinformation on that information, he says it's Vancouver for whatever reason. Now, and, and part of the reason he said it, as I said to you guys, was we're all talking about what we, we think is happening here, and then this Rona deal comes out of absolutely nowhere. So he's like, you guys have no idea what you're talking about. It was, it was, it was hilarious. Like, it was, it was a really funny conversation. <laughs> An er- that's an er- that's an early conversation to be woken up for, especially on a, on a on a long day for you. Um, Look, like I, I like I think honestly, Jason, I think they could do almost anything. Mm-hmm. Like that's when I look at the Canucks right now, and I look at Rutherford's history and and how unafraid he is to do something once he puts his mind to it. Historically, like I think they could do anything. I, I really like we know who's not getting treated. 
do I think Miller's getting traded? I think it's very unlikely. I could be surprised, but I think it's very unlikely. Do I think uh, Besser's getting traded? I think they're really trying. I think he, they're really trying. I think the agent's really trying. It's just complicated this time of year. Like, that's – I think that's – and then, look, like, uh, could they do something else that we don't see coming? They already have done it once, so why would you think that it's impossible? Is it safe to assume that trying to make the playoffs matters for the Canucks next season? Because this is all often like the question that it comes down to in Vancouver. How much does next season matter? And when they got Horonic in the door um, and they haven't traded Miller and they haven't traded Demko, we're kind of just sitting here and going, okay, is this just going to be a repeat of last season in terms of the narratives? You know, Bruce Boudreaux started off this season by saying, It'll be a disaster if they don't make the playoffs. And boy, was he right, because it's been a disaster. Um, so a lot of people wondered, especially when they traded Horvat and they acquired the extra first-round draft pick, maybe the Canucks are going to be okay with taking a step back, and then they use that first-round draft pick for Hironic. Um, And so people were like, okay, here we go again. The Canucks are not willing to take a step back next season trying to make the playoffs. It matters to them. Is that the feeling you get? Well, I think I think now you have to. Uh, um, <clears throat> I I think now, look like Jason, you've been, you've been a Canucks fan all your life. You've been a Canucks fan the last little while. I think at this point in time, we all have to look at the evidence. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and and what does the evidence tell us? The evidence tell us that they're not in the mood for a long rebuild. I was talking to. Uh, um, a, a governor on a Canadian team a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, the one thing that he said to me, and they're a team that has done rebuilds before. And he said to me that the one thing you have to remember is, and, and everybody forgets. And he's like, thank God, everybody forgets. Um, thank God, everybody forgets. He said, it's COVID. He said like COVID really hammered these teams. And he said, like, I know, he said, in our organization, like, like, we lost a lot. And does it affect how we do business? Yes, it does. And so I think when you get the DNA of the Canucks, like, they want to be in the playoffs. I would bet that because of some of the losses that came over the past couple of years, that that factors into it. Now, like, like that's what the that's what him and I were talking about. He said absolutely when they came out of it, they talked about how we could make up for what he lost at what we lost at that time. So if you were to tell me that I don't think that's the overriding factor or anything like that, but if you told me that was a factor, I I would believe it. Uh, let's turn elsewhere in the NHL today. Who is the biggest name left out there? You know, I, 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 can I answer that with a bit of a trick answer? Sure. See, I'm, I'm naturally paranoid. I think that the, at this time of year, I'm not generally paranoid. At this time of year, I'm very paranoid. I think there's something out there we're not seeing yet. There like, usually like, is, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, you remember a couple of years ago, it was Rana for Manta. Like, I never saw that one coming. Mm. This one this year, Ronick for that pick, I never saw. I never saw that one coming. Um, uh, like I, I think that one of the things you look now is that all the names, like who, who are the names that haven't been traded yet that we've all been waiting for? Well, there's James Van Riemsdyk, 
So that's that's one. He's probably the biggest name left that we're expecting. So now you're looking at what's out there and what's out there that we haven't thought of. Like, like I'm still waiting for Winnipeg. I'm wondering about Calgary. Five points out. Their math isn't good. They've got a lot of good players, especially ones who've got one more year under contract. Um, you know, I, I don't know that they're going to do anything, but they could, and those are good players that teams like. Um, you know, we'll see. I think there's, I think there's something out there. Like, like I got to tell you this this morning. I I had some team that said to me that there have been teams calling San Jose about uh, Mario Ferraro, and I don't think that's likely. But you know, it just shows to me that teams are making calls on players that you wouldn't think about. So uh, I always think there's going to be a surprise. Do you think Steve Eiserman has something up his sleeve for this deadline, or is this more about preparing for the off season? Uh, I think he, I think he's got his depthy out there. Like what that deal showed to me the other day, uh, uh, Jason is, is that if you if you <laughs> call him with something, like I, I think that Islander pick is potentially a very valuable asset. I think that's it to Steve Eiserman. If I get that presented to me, yeah. there's no way I'm letting it pass. And do you think that's sometimes why these deals come out of nowhere? Because it's just a conversation and then, you know, Steve Eiserman's like, holy cow, I can't believe this offer. Let's do it. Done. It's done. Yes. Uh, a guy, uh, yes, I think that happens. And also, like Jason, as much as, as annoying as we are and as reporters and as much we try to figure out, there's always stuff that we don't see. We, there's always stuff we don't see. Always. We're speaking to Sportsnet's Elliot Friedman here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Uh, Elliot, big picture, are you surprised at the volume of trades that we've seen so far? So it was 37 going into yeah. this morning, and then Verona got shipped to St. Louis, so that makes it 38. We were talking about the over-under being way lower than that just because of the very hard salary cap ceiling, so many teams being pressed up against it. And we weren't sure who was going to be a seller or a buyer, but it's completely flipped. And I wonder if we've seen all the moves and now it's going to be a sort of dry Friday or if this trend is going to continue. But overall, big picture, has it surprised you how much movement there's been at this deadline? Uh, yes, I, I am. And uh, I like it. I really enjoy it. I'm sure some of the players don't like it. I totally get it. Fans love it, Mike. Uh, that's important. Your fans, nothing interests the fans more than this, aside from the playoffs, really. Um, but I, I, I do, I am surprised simply because of how tight it was. Um, you know, I, you know, one, one GM said to me, first, you guys were complaining there's no trades and now you're complaining there's two major. <laughs> I, I said, well, by now you should know that we're never happy with anything. Yeah. That was kind of funny, but I think simply that all these teams bank cap space or maneuvered LTIR and they all knew it was probably going to happen now. And, and they were right. Uh, Frege, which Pennsylvania fan base is more upset with the leadership or the direction of their team, the Philadelphia Flyers or the Pittsburgh Penguins? I, I, I would, geez, that's a great question. I, I, you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I know the, the Philly fans hated the other night. You should see how many times I got DM video of DM video of the Rangers fans celebrating the overtime winner. In, in in Philly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and the Flyers fans, they were like, this is embarrassing. This is our city. 
Like who? Like they're cheering for the like they said. One guy was like to me, if, if the Philly fans in, in the seventies, if the fans in Philly cheered like uh, a Ranger game, if the fans didn't kill them, the Broad Street Bill bullies would. Like it's yeah, it's very jarring to see that. So, and, and I'll say this: I don't think Pittsburgh's done. I think they may have some more things coming. Um, so. Like, that's the one thing I always say. People say, well, why does Pittsburgh do that? Or why does Vancouver do that? And my response is, I want to see it when it's over. After the deadline, I want to see what it looks like. Because sometimes these moves don't happen in a vacuum. It's, it's a move to a move. So that's kind of what I'm waiting for. But the Penguins fans are certainly mad. But the other thing is, Philly, I don't know if they have a lot going on out there. I think they have JVR. I think they might, like, other teams are offering, at least as of last night, mid-round draft picks. Pittsburgh, I still think, may 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 have something big left in them, but uh, Philly, I'm not sure there's anything big coming out of there today. Fridge, um, I want to bring the conversation back to the Canucks because Thatcher Demko has looked uh, pretty darn good in his return yeah. to the lineup. Uh, looked good against Dallas, and then looked good last night against. Uh, Minnesota. Um, I know you wrote in your 32 thoughts that you expected uh, the Los Angeles Kings to maybe take a look at th- yep. at acquiring Thatcher Demko. Um, the Kings went out and got Corpusalo instead, but he's a pending yep. unrestricted free agent. So there's still that. Yep. What will the Kings do long term there? Um, there mm-hmm. are going to be some teams, I'm sure, maybe one in Toronto or maybe one in Edmonton. Uh, after the playoffs, that's like we really need to address our goaltending. So I'm sure there will be a need for goaltending. What are you hearing on Thatcher Demko, if anything? Well, I, I do think he is someone who's potentially on the Kings' ra- who's on the Kings' radar long term. Until the Kings sort out their uh, goaltending situation long term, I would believe that Demko is someone who's on their radar. I just am not convinced it's going to be now. I never have been. Um, you know, like. He, you're right. He's come back. He's looked pretty good. I just think it's a risk, um, simply because you know if, if if this season matters to you and it matters to the Kings, you know he hasn't played a ton. So I think that's more likely a, a summer deal than a current one. Again, I could be wrong, but I, I think it's more likely summer. The only thing I could see now now is guys is that and someone made this point that was a good one to me was are you a team that wants Demko but maybe you're out of the playoffs and you say okay we'll do this now so we at least know that we have but I think if it's if it's an organization excuse me, or a team like LA uh, I think it's more likely summer now I want to cover all our bases here because I, that I, could... you know what I got guys I gotta run so okay quick Okay. Uh, well, you know, forget about it. Go, you run, go, go do your work and uh, enjoy the deadline day. I'm sure you'll do a terrific job, Elliot. Thanks for joining us today. Godspeed, <laughs> Elliot. Thanks, bud. Yeah, Elliot Friedman, Sportsnet's very own here on the Halford and Brough Show on Sportsnet 650. Maybe he's ready to break a trade. Yeah. That'd be cool. Maybe it's the Demko one. Or he just wanted to get off the phone with us. Right. He was like, enough of this. So I'm yeah. going to get radioed soon. It's actually probably the latter. Okay. Um, there was a lot to unpack there. Um, you know what? Let's, because he talked about Philly. And we got a couple minutes here, and I think we could use a little boost of energy. So let's do that, okay? So for those that don't know what we're talking about here as we brought it up, it was a good question, by the way. Whose fan base in Pennsylvania is more upset, Phillies or Pittsburgh's? The Philadelphia Flyers are in a real bad state right now. They're not a good hockey team. They don't really have an identity. 
they've kind of become irrelevant in Philly, in part because a lot of the other teams have, like, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but the Eagles played in the Super Bowl this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Remember that? They've had some success, though. The Phillies were in the World, World Series. Series. So there's a lot of other teams doing stuff. And the Flyers are doing nothing. They hired John Tortorella. And I think they thought that that was going to kind of spark something. And it, I'm going to be honest, it really hasn't. The team has kind of been meh. Torts has said stuff. He's kind of been entertaining. But it just hasn't resonated. I don't think they had expectations for making the playoffs this season, though. I think they were just bringing in Torts to set a new culture for a Flyers team that really has lost its way. And they don't really even have one. So yesterday, it was it was a rant for the ages off the heels of what Freege was talking about. They played a game against the Rangers in Philly. Pretty traditional rivalry there. Long standing. Now, part of the story is that the Patrick Kane trade got consummated, and I think a lot of Rangers fans snapped up tickets because they thought that was going to be the Patrick Kane debut game. It ended up being last night. Yeah, um, in in New York at Madison Square Garden. And, ju- and just so fans. people know, like Philly's almost like a suburb of New York, right? Like it's that close. So it's not that crazy that Rangers fans would infiltrate the building, but apparently it was to the point where. It was embarrassing for Philadelphia, a very proud sports city, and they don't like people coming in, and they don't like people dominating the building as much as they did. So this is from 97.5, The Fanatic in Philly. This was the morning show host's opening rant about Comcast, who owns the Flyers, the current state of the Flyers in Philadelphia, and how disappointed he is. In the current state, it's a long clip. It's very emotional. We'll just let it ride. It'll boost some energy. Uh, 97.5, the fanatic in Philly on the state of the Philadelphia Flyers. I got to start with the Flyers, all right? Because what we saw last night and the Rangers fans, the New Yorkers, taking over the building, all right? This is this is one of the low points. Like, when we think about low points of a franchise, this is part of the low points. Sell the team! Sell it! Sell the team! Sell this team! Take it out of jail! Take it out of Comcast jail! Sell it! Sell the mother father! Sell it! They have systematically destroyed this team. Destroyed it. Chuck Fletcher is Kevorkian. He's Kevorkian. Put it to bed. Now revive it. Get rid of it. Sell it. It's embarrassing. Completely embarrassing. And on a night when Ranger fans... Take over the building. And I got news for you. Don't let anybody blame the fans, okay? Please. I don't want to hear that at all. This is disgraceful, what's happened in the Flyers. I mourn the death of the Flyers. I mourn. I mourn them. I miss the Flyers. I do. I have to tell you, over the last couple days, I've been thinking a lot about them, and I miss them. I mourn them. This is a disgrace. What's happening? So that was some American sports talk radio right so there. So good. So good. So good. So that's Anthony Gargano. Right. Um, from 97.5 in Philadelphia. That is oh, their the, own version of Tony G. The, 
But that is the flagship station for the Philadelphia Flyers. They're the ones that do the pre and the post and the broadcasts and everything. Mm -hmm. And he came on in the morning. I mean, that's about as direct and as blunt as you can be. Also a guy that might not care about his employment. But, I I mean, stunning in one one sense to hear someone talk like that. But very reflective of how passionate the fan bases are in a lot of places. Yeah. Sell the mother father! Some people won't put up with mediocrity or a rudderless ship. They just won't. They won't have patience. They won't want to hear about a plan or maybe not even hear about a plan. A lot of people texting and never play a clip of this guy again. His voice makes me want to drive off a bridge. Another text, never play that again. Cringe. Yeah, that's American Sports Talk Radio. That's what you get down there. I remember being in Boston for the uh, some something maybe Stanley Cup final. I don't know. I can't remember. It might have been the Canucks involved. I don't know. 2011. Hard to say. On, Who's to say? I turned on Boston Sports Talk Radio. I was like, yikes! Like this is it's it's yelling. Like yep. it's a lot of it's a lot of yelling and just like really hard takes and like black and white issues mm-hmm. right it's, it's it there's there's no there's no dis, there's no discussion it's just one guy's like i have prepared a rant yeah and i am going to rant but that's that's the market like you've seen uh the espn shows right like mm-hmm. who's got the hottest take today again i get it like vancouver's not that like we've been to philly multiple times that guy is a reflection of philadelphia that's not it. That's not like an act. I mean, it's it's hyperbolic, sure, but Philly is a sports town. Mm-hmm. Like they love all those teams. I don't like the Flyers are a big deal. Remember when we, they're less of a big deal now, though. We yeah. got to get going. Uh, Andrew Ferentz is going to join us next. This is the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet six fifty. This is one of the low points. Follow us on social at.